0: Welcome to Sunday Showcase. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. It's season 14 of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Performing through the summer months, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is presented by the Sonic Society for the Mutual Audio Network and features producers and actor troupes from the modern age of audio drama who recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse endeavors to bring shows to a contemporary audience for the love of the medium and not in any intended form of copyright infringement of those classic radio shows. And now we go to our host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse on stage now Mr. David Alt. Thank you, everyone. If you could please return to your seats. Thank you, friends. I thank you. And as I've previously announced, I am David Alt. This is the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. And this evening, we're pleased to present to you our second act feature on our midpoint of the 14th season. Cornucopia Radio and Peter Beeston have been a mainstay in the modern radio drama landscape for decades now. We're thrilled to present to you their feature tonight, produced and adapted from the original novel by Hammond Innes and the 1951 CBS radio series Escape. For your approval and for the Summerstock stage, The Killer Mine.
1: It was still raining when I reached the coast of England. I really didn't need anybody asking awkward questions, so I left the ship quietly and walked away alone along the beach. On the waterfront I could see men dressed much the same as myself, seamen jerseys and army jackets. Thankfully nobody seemed to take any notice of me and I began to feel at ease for the first time in days. Somehow. I had made it. I lit a cigarette and fished out the dirty bit of paper which bore the address of David Tanner from my pocket. I read the letter again. Jim, sorry to hear things didn't work out for you underground in Italy. If you're getting tired of it all and want a change of air, I can fix you up with a job in England. No questions asked. It's another mining job and will be right up your street. Your old chum, Dave. Even though I'd been lucky so far, I knew I'd be taking a chance if I went, given the type of people Davey worked with. But I was out of options. And out of money. Not a great place to find myself in at the end of a war. So... For better or worse, I decided to go meet my old friend at number two, Harbour Terrace.
2: Cornucopia Radio presents The Killer Mine by Hammond Innes.
3: Yes?
1: Mr. Tanner in. Who? Tanner? Mr. Dave Tanner.
3: Nobody of that name lives here.
1: Well, he's an old friend of mine. I've come a long way to see him. Look, here's the letter he sent me.
3: Well, I'm sorry. Look,
1: you don't have to be afraid. Don't close the door. I'm not with the police. No one's in trouble. He's tall. Dark hair and dark eyes. A bit of a limp.
3: Oh, maybe it's Mr. Jones you're wanting, but he's not here right now either.
1: You know when he'll be back.
3: No. I... Hello.
1: What's that? Are you hurt?
3: Oh no. I... But
1: that's blood on your hands. I
3: oh, no, it's just one of the lodgers here. He's cut himself on some glass. That's all.
1: Davy is here, isn't he? He's here and he's hurt.
3: No, you can't come in. <sighs> Move
1: over. <sighs> Sorry to force my way through, but he's my
4: friend. Where is he? I
3: tell you, you're mistaken. You have to leave now.
4: What the devil are you doing, Sam? Come and help me fix this arm before I lose any more blood. Who was it, anyway? The police? It's all right, Davy. It's me, Jim Price. Jim Price? Fine time for visiting you've chosen. Come on up. I'm bleeding to death here.
1: We went upstairs and inside his room. Dave was sitting white-faced on the edge of a bed. He winced as the girl dabbed iodine onto what was obviously a bullet wound. Then the bandage went
4: on. Careful! Not too tight. What happened? Ah, nothing. Really, it's all right. I'll tell you later. I'm glad to see you back. Sam? Yes, Davey? Go downstairs and wrap up some food. And find us another raincoat.
3: But you can't go out.
4: Don't argue. I'm running out of time. They'll already be looking for me. I have to go. Now.
3: All right. I'll be as quick as I can.
4: Okay. It's better now. We can talk safely. You've come over for that job, I take it? Yes. And you got ashore with no questions asked? I managed. Somehow.
1: Cost me my last farthing, though. Means I've got no papers,
4: and if anyone finds out... You've got to sure, and that's all that matters. Anyway, it's a mining job, as I told you in the letter. Here. Help me get up and get this coat on. Here. Hey. Easy. Easy. I'm being easy. Can you stand? I could do anything I need to. I want to be shot at this place quickly. Your way is the same as mine. I'll tell you about the job as we go. Go? Where? Local tin mine. But there's more to it than that, though. Much more. Oh? Come on. We'll meet the girl downstairs. I've got to get out.
3: Davy, here's an old raincoat of father's.
4: Give it to him. Jim, put it on. This rain ain't going to stop any time soon Now listen Sam Those clothes upstairs Burn them Clean everything up If anybody comes around asking questions Tell them you haven't seen me Not for three days Understand?
3: Will you be okay? Where can I get in touch with you?
4: You can't
3: You'll come back
4: I will But remember You haven't seen me And you don't know where I've gone You can trust me I hope so You'll hear from me again, you will. Now, go open the door and see if anyone's about.
3: Okay.
1: The street was deserted and the rain began to fall heavily again. We kept to the mean, badly lit streets as we made our way slowly out of the village, leaving the lights behind us as we reached the top of a hill. We hadn't said a word to each other up until that point.
4: We'll we'll separate for the next village. How far is that? Eight, nine miles. And where are you going? A farm, I know. I need to hide up for a bit. Hiding from the police, I take it? In a manner of speaking. I had a fishing boat working off a local island carrying goods. Liquor? Yeah, of course. Picked it up from an Italian boat, but a revenue cutter boarded us and insisted on taking the hatches off. I tried. I did. I warned them not to. So it was their own fault, as far as I could see. I had to jump for the other boat. That's when I got this bullet through the arm. How did you get away? We booby-trapped the hatches. When they opened them, everything went straight up. It sank. All of it. How many were killed? What does it matter? What's done is done. They're after me now, though. And what about me? Ah, the job. I told you. If you want it, it's yours. Where do I go? Who do I see? Ripple's ease. Just down the road from Turlock. Ask for Captain Mannock. Tell him I sent you. Show him my letter. That's that all? That's all. He'll tell you what it's about. And Jimmy... About Italy. What you did for me. It was nothing.
1: You would have done the same.
4: Maybe, but uh, ah, come on, let's keep going, but I'll need to rest again soon with this blasted arm.
1: Must have been nearly midnight when Davy and I parted. He pointed the way to Ripple's Ease, a mile further along, then turned away and disappeared into the driving rain. Half an hour later, I found the huddle of abandoned mine buildings. Then, against a crackle of lightning, I saw a house. I had reached Ripple's ease and the job that awaited
5: me. And what do you want? Oh, I want to see Captain Manick. I'm Captain Manick. What business are you here on? Well, Dave Tanner sent me. Who? Dave Tanner.
1: He told me to show you this letter.
5: Hmm.
1: Come in, then. My name's Jim Price. Davy said you had
5: a mining job for me. Well, come through, then. I've got a fire. You can get dry from the rain. How long have you known, Dave? We were in the army together. Where? Uh, Italy, mostly. Hmm. Sit down. You're that deserter, chap, aren't you? Look, I... Oh, it's all right. Dave told me all about you. We don't ask questions round here. Does anyone know you're back in England? No, only Davey. So this job you've got, how long will it take? Not being a miner, I wouldn't know. Might take a week, I guess. I'll give you a flat rate of £50 pounds and another 100 if you can do it in two days. So what you got, a uh, big tin strike? No. Nothing like that. Well, then I, I don't see why. Take a I... look at this chart. See, all these mines round here are done for. There's nothing worth working in them anymore. But I've got another use for them. You see that long gallery running down under the sea? Yeah. It's called The Mermaid. Nearly half a mile long out to sea. Now then, what I want you to do is blow a passage into the seabed at the end of it. Sorry, blow
1: a passage into the seabed?
5: Yes. You see the slope of the gallery? It starts about 100 feet below the sea level, and at the end of it rises to... by my reckoning, about 20 feet under the seabed.
1: So, So my job is to drill through that 20 feet and let the sea in?
5: Yes. You see, it's getting risky running liquor into England through the usual channels these days... Far too many boats patrolling the coast. Far too many. I should have guessed. This will be much safer. Our boat spots the buoy which marks the entrance at the underwater mine. They lower the cargo down to the cage and we all it up through the mine back to the shore. How? Underwater carriage drawn by oars cables at the mine entrance. Hmm. Oh, it'll work. Even underwater it'll work. I've had other men working on the shaft for a year now. Straightened it dead out. All we need is a miner to finish the job. And that's you. It's nasty.
1: Suppose the entrance gets jammed with rock after she blows.
5: Well, then I'd send men down in diving suits to clear it. I don't
1: like it. I don't. haven't done undersea stuff like this before.
5: Well, you're a miner. You know explosives and rock, don't you? Yeah and there'll be nothing to it.
1: Uh, What about Davey? Was he doing a job for you too? That boat that exploded, was that you too? Well, suppose the police catch him and tie it to you. What'll happen to me?
5: I don't worry. Tanner wouldn't say a word.
1: I... I'm not sure about
5: any of this. Oh, be sensible. You're a deserter from the British Army. You've returned to England without any papers. If not here... Where else would you work? Where would you go? I'm offering you £150 for your services. I should have stayed in Italy. But you didn't, did you?
1: No. I wanted to see England again. It was a mistake.
5: Not at all. Do what I ask, and I'll see that you get safe passage back to Italy.
1: No, no, it's too dangerous. I'm sorry, I'll take my chances somewhere else on another job.
5: Well then, you leave me no alternative. What do you mean? Well, I shall have to telephone the police and inform them that a deserter has shown up here looking for a job. After
1: what you just told me?
5: Don't make me laugh. I'll have you know, I'm quite a respectable man around these parts. I doubt the authorities would take your word against mine. No, you're, you're bluffing.
0: Nobody can
1: force
5: me to do anything I don't want to do. Oh, you think so? No, no. Stay where you are, Mr Price. You better believe I wouldn't hesitate to shoot you. See, I'm in rather a desperate situation here. It's taken me a long time to find a miner like you to do this job, so I couldn't bear to see you refuse. Just like I couldn't bear Davy failing to find me someone for the job. I have a way of uh, persuading people, you see. You still have a moment to change your mind. Hello? Uh, Would you ring the police station for me, please? He wasn't bluffing. I knew
1: I only had a few seconds to decide. It was a choice of arrest, conviction as a deserter doing a job which might mean my life. I'd run away from death once before, run away from a war. It was then I suddenly realised I'd been running ever since. I had to stop. I looked back at Manuk, smiling and sure with his pistol pointed directly at me. Well. All right, hang up, hang up. I'll do it. I'll blow up your bloody mine. Mannock put down the phone, opened a desk drawer and took out some pound notes. He handed me ten and suggested I get some sleep. We were to start work at five in the morning. I was just pocketing the money when the door behind us opened. I looked around and saw an old man enter.
2: Ah, didn't know you had someone here, Henry. It's
5: all right, father. This is Jim Price going to work here for a bit. He's a miner.
2: A miner, is he? <laughs> well, my boy, it's good to know there'll be another miner working here at last. I knew you'd see it my way sooner or later. Anyway, at least we can make a head start now.
5: Price is working for me, Father, not you. <laughs>
2: working for you? <laughs> nonsense. Not. What can you want a miner for? You know nothing about it.
5: He must work for me. I've been mining all my life. Father, you might as well know now. I'm letting the sea into the mermaid gallery. What?
2: You're mad. You can't do
5: it. I, I won't allow it. Well, that's what I'm gonna do.
2: I won't allow it, I tell you.
5: The mine belongs to me. Yeah, but I provide the money, don't I? When I came back, the mine was full of water. Right up to the added entrance. It's only because I put up the cash that we've got it open at all. Now, it's time to make my money back.
2: Uh, I found the seam. I found it. Has a fortune in it.
5: (coughs) But not a tax-free one, unlike my own plan. Mr Price, perhaps you'd better leave us now to continue our discussion go to the kitchen across the hall. One of the men will show you to your quarters.
1: I could hear the argument raging down the hall as I walked through to the kitchen. There were a few men in there, sitting by a fire with mugs in their hands. I wondered what Manok had on them. Were they deserters too, or here by choice? A long, cadaverous-faced man looked at me as I entered. Blow me another one. Sit down, friend, sit down. I say, you staying or passing through? I'm going to be working here. I'm a miner. Hear that, everyone? A miner. Now we don't have to worry about that ruddy roof falling in on us. Uh, my name's Slim Matthews. Good to meet you. Uh, Jim Price. So Manic hired you to blow through the seabed, then? Yes. Does the old man know? I think he just found out. I thought I heard some argy-bargy. That's gonna be trouble. What do you mean? The old man's been working these mines all his life. Now he says he's found the richest tin strike on record. Uh, Captain's right, though. It's too expensive to operate a mine these days. But running liquor is tax-free.
4: I wouldn't want your
1: job, though, Mr Price. We've been sweating down here for over a year. It ends up giving you a funny feeling having all that sea over your head. Not to mention that maze of tunnels. bloke got lost down there a few months ago, still ain't found his body. Not that any of us are too keen to go searching. Come on mate, I'll show you to your digs. Imagine you'll want to be up bright and early. Slim showed me to my room and wished me good night. It was about half an hour later that I heard a tap on my door. Yes? Mr. Mannock.
2: I was afraid you might be asleep by now.
1: Look, I've got something
2: I want to show you. My son tells me you're an experienced tinner. Have a look at this rock. Maybe you'll believe me. <sighs> That's tin alright. Good stuff, too. It's the richest seam in the history of mining around this part. Look at it. Just look at it. <coughs> my son, Curse him, doesn't see it. He's going to let the sea into the mine, and he's brought you here to do it. You're the man who's going to wreck my life. I'm sorry. It's just a job. That's all. You can't. You mustn't. Look, I'll give you 50 pounds more than he's offered if you don't do it.
1: But what difference would it make? He'd only get another miner, but that would take time. Don't you see? By then we could be rich. I don't. (laughs) It's all right.
2: It's all right. Think about it, okay? I know he holds something over your head. He does with everyone. Think about it, and give me your answer tomorrow. Uh, Otherwise, I'll have to. Mr. Mannock, are you okay? I'm sorry. I've things to arrange. I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you've listened to what I've said.
1: And with that, the old man left my room mumbling. I didn't know what he was planning, but I was starting to wonder which manic I should be more wary of. The next day, I found myself in a vertical mine cage, heading down into the dark depths. The one-man elevator was old, rusted and slow, but still worked. As we went deeper, I looked out at the rock passing before my eyes and the emergency escape ladder which ran alongside the elevator shaft. The wooden rungs seemed old and were slowly rotting away. I was glad I was in this cage, but still nervous about what I would find at
5: the bottom. Well, that's it, Mr. Price.
1: And what's that for, Captain? Here underneath the scaffolding.
5: To catch the rock when you make the final blast. Ah,
1: well it might work, I guess.
5: As I told you. If it doesn't, I'll get someone down in a diving suit to tear it all away. I've got plenty of spare men. You say there's twenty feet to get through? Yes.
1: There's quite a bit of water seeping in now. Nothing
5: you can't handle.
1: (sighs) Let's see what we've got then. As I thought, granite, basalt
5: from the feel of it. If you say so. Hmm.
1: If it cracks, anything could happen.
5: Nothing will happen if you do the job right. And by the way, my father spoke to you last night, didn't he? Yes. Showed you the tin? Probably offered you more than me not to blow the mine? I hope you refused, because if you didn't, I could still notify the police. Or worse A person could easily get lost down here, you know
1: I didn't tell him anything, okay
5: Good Then you can start work immediately I'll send Slim down to help you And by the way don't go wandering around too much and stay out of the shaft that parallels this one It's called the Come Lucky Mine There's been a lot of holes opening up in her recently If she caves in She take in the sea and break through here.
1: I know what I'm doing. I'll be careful. I've worked mines most of my life. It gives you a strange feeling standing under the sea. A half mile from shore and protected by only 20 feet of rock. Rock that you're soon going to be drilling and blasting. After that... All you can do is pray to God that it doesn't cave in until you're long on your way out. Slim soon came down to join me, and I started to drill holes for the explosives. As the rock fell away, little streams of water seeped down, soaking us. I was right. Was nasty work for sure. Is that it then, mate? Yes, enough for the first blow. First? How many do you think you'll need? Three? Maybe four? Depends. Give me the charges. Here you are. Uh, The water's really starting to rise, isn't it? There's nothing to worry about. Yet. If you say so. The sooner the sea's in this gallery, the better, though. You better get up the tunnel for when she goes. I was hoping you'd say that, mate. You know more about all this than I do. I'm just a stonemason by trade. Wouldn't be here if I didn't need the money. Slim disappeared up the gallery, and I was left alone to explode the charge. I connected the wires, moved the exploder as far as it would stretch into the tunnel, and then... I pressed the plunger. The roof still held. A bit more water trickled in, but she still held. I knew she wouldn't give in that easily. I went back to the entrance for a much-needed cup of tea before I started again with the next blast. But as I approached the cage which served as the elevator to the surface, I saw Captain Mannock talking with another
4: man. It was Dave Tanner. You bloody fool! Why of all places did you have to come here? I, I told you, the girl talked to the wrong people. I heard it on the wireless. They—they they used my name, but I knew, of all places, they wouldn't think of looking for me here. I, I knew it would be safer, safer in broad daylight.
5: Are you mad? Somebody must have seen you. The police will be all over us. Nobody saw me. How do you know? Price, there you are. You've got to get through that seabed tonight. What? That's impossible. I, I can't do that. Nothing's impossible if I say so. I can get you out of the country as soon as you finish the job. But if you don't finish tonight, and the police come... Which they will now, thanks to your friend here. Well, you know what that'll mean.
4: I'm sorry, Jim. I shouldn't have got you involved with this. But we didn't have a choice. We were desperate.
1: Look, it can't be done. It's all too much work for just one man.
5: Okay, I'll send Slim back down to drill with you. It'll be better than nothing.
1: I'll try, but what you're asking for, it's...
5: Not if I say so. And both of you, keep a lookout for my father. Nobody's seen him all day. He's up to summit. I know it. Here, take my other gun. And don't get any clever ideas. This gun has one use, and that's to shoot my father if he gets in our way. Understand?
1: We worked like madmen all day, drilling, blasting. We blew the rock three, four, five times. Still, it wasn't enough. The water was coming in fast, filling the pit. Manic and Slim went back for new drills and charges while Davy and I remained sat on the scaffolding. I smoked a cigarette. It was getting dangerous. Water streamed down the slimy walls. I waited for them to return. It was five minutes past when I thought I saw a shadow moving at the cavern entrance. Slim? Is that you? Have you got the rest of the charges? No. It's me, Mr. Price. Mr. Mannock. The old man walked towards us, through the rising water. He seemed cold, distant. He was carrying a sharp pickaxe which glistened in the light of the dim torches. Had he been working elsewhere in the mine?
2: I told you you've got to stop, Mr. Price. But you didn't listen, did you? You and that blasted kin of mine. When you, when you flood the gallery, I'll never get any of it. Nobody will.
1: He grabbed me by the shirt. He was strong for his age. Perhaps the result of a lifetime of striking rocks. Still, I didn't want to throw a punch against an old man.
4: Let go of me, old fool. I won't let you. Do you hear me? There's nothing I can do. It's mine, and you're going to destroy it. Look, Mr. Manock, you better get to the surface. It's not safe here. Oh, you'll find out.
2: <laughs> you'll find out how unsafe this all is.
1: He was gone, but I knew he was up to something. I wanted to follow, but I remembered Captain Manock's warning about the tunnels. The old man knew them well. Every twist and turn. If he wanted to get rid of us, he could lead us through a maze one from which we would never find our way out. So, we stayed there until the captain and Slim came back. Price,
5: there's something wrong. We can't find the rest of the charges. They've gone. Someone's taken them. Your father was here. What? Why didn't you shoot him, man?
1: I don't know. He was on me before I had a chance to pick up the gun from...
5: Hold on. Where'd it go? He's taken the gun. He probably took the charges as well. Come on, hurry. We've got to stop him and get those charges back. Pick up those torches and let's get this over with before the police come down on us. What's he going to do? He's going to make sure that we can't open the galley into the sea. He's mad. The come lucky mine. That's what I'm afraid of. He knows those tunnels like the, the back of his hand. Come on.
1: The old man was somewhere in the mine which paralleled ours. If he knew of a fault in the wall, he could allow tons of seawater to rush in, breaking down the walls and flooding our own tunnel. He was going to kill us all and make sure nobody would be able to open up the mermaid gallery to the sea. If he couldn't have it, nobody would. But as we ran deeper into the mine, I recalled what Slim had said about that person who got lost in these tunnels and never came back. Was it already too late? Had we come too far? Should I have been running to escape, rather than deeper into the Kraken's den?
4: Stop! Stop!
1: Hey, what's that down there? It looks like a light. It is. It's him. He's working on something. The wall. Father. Father, stop it.
2: Stay where you are. (coughs) Stay there.
1: Do as he says. Listen to me. Don't do it. You'll be killed. We'll all
2: be killed. You'll drown us all, Father. Not if you let me have my tin.
1: Captain Manic, enough. Just let him have the stupid goddamn tin before he kills us all. He's lit a match. Say it!
5: No, you old devil. Kill yourself. Go on. I dare you. But I'll shoot you before you do.
2: You're not the only one with a gun, son.
1: For a moment, time stood still. Two generations of the same family pointing guns at each other. A lit match still burning in the old man's other hand, perilously near to the fuse charge wires still stuck in the solid rock wall. Look, none of us want to be here. I don't, that's for sure. Everyone just put down your guns. We've still got time. Mr. Manic? Mr. Manic? Give
4: me the gun!
1: Slim fell backwards onto the wet tunnel floor, dead. A bullet hole in his chest. The old man stumbled against the tunnel wall as the match lit the fuse.
5: Run! Run! We've got to get back to the elevator (laughs) cage!
2: It's always been my mind!
1: We could hear the water pouring down as though from a great height, and then the more terrifying sound as the sea swept through the maze of tunnels. We ran. Ran for the elevator which would take us to the safety of the surface 100 feet above. The water followed us. You could hear the roar until it deafened you.
4: Which way? Which way? Go left. Left! Left again.
1: There. That tunnel above us. I think it'll lead us back to the gallery in the cage. <laughs> the ladder! it has been washed away! What do we do? Um, climb! Climb! Davy went first, making slow progress due to his wound. The water was already up to our waists when I started climbing the cavern wall. Captain Manic wasn't far behind me. To grip or find any footing, but I knew I didn't have far to climb. Just had to pull myself up higher. Somehow I managed to pull myself up onto the stone outcrop.
5: Help me! We're not gonna make it!
1: Give me your hand, Captain! I reached down, arm outstretched. Manic grabbed onto me, and I pulled with all my strength.
5: Come on. The elevator should be just around the corner. Manok ran
1: ahead of me, but I wasn't too far behind. Davy had already gone up in the elevator. Come on, Davy! Send it back down, quickly! I could see the descending elevator so close, so near, but the water was rising. There was only room for one
5: man at a time. When out of nowhere, Manix struck me in the face. Sorry, Price, but there's no point in us both dying. The job's ruined. We'll never be able to use the mine the way I wanted to now. So you're just one more complication I no longer need. Wait!
1: You can't leave me like this! I just saved your blasted life!
5: That was just a warning shot. I really don't want to waste any more bullets, so do yourself a favor and go and find somewhere nice and quiet to drown.
1: Not like this. I wasn't going to die like this, but I didn't have long. The water was already rising again quickly. Then I remembered the emergency escape ladder in the shaft. I moved as quickly as I could.
5: Don't know when to give up. Do your price. gun's constant! Everything's too wet.
1: The water was rising as fast as I could climb the ladder. Mannock was still in the slowly rising elevator cage. It was a direct vertical trip to the surface for both of us. There was nothing he could do other than glare at me as I drew level with the cage. But then. The motor on the elevator burnt out as the cage shuddered to a stop with Manok still inside, and the seawater continued to rise. Trice, you got to help me!
5: Get me out of this thing!
1: I leaned across from the ladder and tried to open the cage door. The door was stuck. He wasn't going anywhere. The rising water came up through the bottom of the cage and up his legs. Sorry, Manic. You'll just have to think of something. Well, like you said, nothing is impossible. I kept climbing as Manic continued to shout for help. Please, please. Continued until I heard a gurgling scream from somewhere beneath me. (coughs) Then, screaming no more. But I wasn't safe yet. Climbing the ladder was a nightmare, and the water a monster that you couldn't escape. I could see the last of the dying daylight at the top of the shaft. I was almost there, almost free, when one of the old wooden rungs broke, and I almost lost my grip completely. Somehow I managed to hold on, but it was getting harder and harder to keep moving. I was practically climbing through the water as it rose higher and higher. Exhaustion had almost claimed me. Soon, the water reached my neck and then rose over my head. I tried to climb, or at least stay afloat, but my body had given up. It seemed calmer under the water, and I began to embrace the peace. I thought back across my life, the warm summer days on the coast with my family, the local girl Kitty who I'd fallen in love with and longed to see again, the horrors of the war across Europe. But I had lived long enough. This was where my story ended. I began to sink into the dark depths.
4: Come on, Jimmy! (coughs) You're not done yet!
1: Dave Tanner had jumped into the shaft and was dragging me back to the surface. The water had finally stopped its terrible, deathly rise. It had found sea level. (coughs)
4: Just breathe slowly, Jim. You're safe. Uh, uh, (laughs) You made it. uh, uh, I couldn't just leave you down there. Not after you've saved me in Italy. Okay, Constable, okay. You can get off me. I told you I wasn't trying to escape. I just needed to jump in to save him. I wasn't trying to go anywhere. I'll come peacefully. It was the police.
1: They had found us. Davy must have persuaded them to let him dive in to save me. I crawled up onto my knees, still trying to catch my breath. I didn't know what would come next or what would happen to me. The only thing I knew was that I had gotten away from that killer. That killer mine.
3: This has been a Cornucopia radio production of The Killer Mine, based on the original novel by Hammond Innes. It was based on a script by Anthony Ellis, adapting the novel for the 1951 CBS radio production of Escape. It was rewritten again for 2023 by Peter Beesden. It starred Rhys Jennings as Jim Price, Fiona Thrale as Sam, Wayne Russell as Davy Andrew Biss as Captain Manock, Tim Winters as Old Man Manock, and Bjorn Munson as Slim It was produced, edited and directed by Peter Beeston Additional script editing by Peter Richard Adams This work is released under a Creative Commons licence You can find a massively diverse range of audio work like this that we've all made over the past 15 years via our website cornucopia-radio.co.uk So come join us and tell us what you thought of this production. We'd love to hear and connect with you.
0: A wondrous performance by Peter Beeston and Cornucopia Radio, their command performance for the Summerstock stage. Thank you one and all. This concludes our double feature midpoint tonight. Please check the lobby for more works from our visiting stage companies or check the show notes for the Sonic Society. Until next week and another grand show, I'm your host, David Ott. Good night from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And that concludes our feature this week for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and is a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network, where we listen and imagine together. Please join Jack Ward and myself next week at this time for our next grand performance feature. Mm-hmm. Yes! You know absolutely nothing about old-time radio. Also yes. Then Madison on the Air is for you. Follow Madison, a modern-day makeup influencer, as she zapped back into the golden age of radio. Every episode is standalone with a wide variety of genres to choose from, like Detective Noir. You put the dick in private dick. Superheroes. So I am in the body of the Green Hornet. Westerns. Saloon now this
5: is a western. Sci-fi. Dude, the Martians got a freaking heat ray. Plus classic
4: characters. Toto, oh, I gotta get that dog into an obedience class. Really dig in Dracula's OG goth style. <gasps>
0: what if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Actual old-time radio scripts adapted.
1: It's like if the MST3K riff tracks guys were in the movies they riff.
0: Start at the beginning or jump around to any title that grabs you. New episodes premiere the first of every month. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.